burst through like a bull. Don't argue. Uses the 15. Oh. How good is that? And what well played by Carey. He's away. Left foot snap. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Wayne Carey. Plays on. Seconds only remaining. They've got to take a mark. Yeah! Dixon has taken a mark. Shoots for goal. He kicks the goal and Hawthorne wins the game. Hello and welcome to Dainuggy Powered by Crownbet. Fresh into our Monday after round 15. Plenty of upsets. We'll get to that shortly. The usual suspects, the Hound. Uh, the number one chief writer for the Herald Sun, or soon to be, Jay Clark. Welcome, Jay. Hello, Dicko. And the dark, the king, uh, had his spray tan, didn't need it, went to Bali, had a thousand bin tanks, came back in his G-banger, and uh, we'll put a suit on him to straighten up for Dane Argue. And our special guest, played 171 games, coached 104, three-time premiership player, rather a fight than a feed when he played, but if you have a beer with him, he's one of the best blokes you'll ever meet in yep. your life. Peter Schwab, welcome. Schwabby. Thanks, That's very kind of you. Yes, yeah, very kind. Very I know kind. a fight than a feed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a hard player and a softy off. So yeah, you're a cuddler. Feed, no feeding more than I'm fighting now. <laughs> Endless manager, boss, boss of the umpires. Yep. He coached, of course. He's done it all. We're going to... Drill into some big issues uh, later on today, Dicko. Across all facets. And yes. Bobby, well, I'm glad we got him in the chair because Nathan Buckley tweeted, how good was it that we did those rule changes? Uh, hang on, did we? <laughs> it was a good tweet, was to, a great Dicko. Tweet. Got plenty of new retweeted yep. and, and commented. It's great to have Peter Schwab here because um, when you were the umpire's boss, uh, I was at, uh, where were we? Past players, I think, and there was a game going on and, Shrobby's looking at the scores. So what's the scores? And Shrobby goes, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the free kick now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a bad way to watch footy. Isn't well, it? it is. But there's much talk about the rule changes, Shrobby. I and mean, we've got a, um, a look at the game committee now. But he had his right um, whack, Nathan Buckley, to say that. Because I reckon on the weekend, they actually had players back. Like that anti-density rule, which you know mm. well, Shrobby, in the TAC. I watched the game on the weekend. There were forwards resetting. And, and there was actually some really good space. So I don't know whether they're... Forwards playing forward, Dicko. Forwards playing forward, and we got some genuine one-on-ones. But what was your thoughts, Robbie? Well, I think it was a great weekend of football, what I saw. But I don't know. I, I'm not one for change. I think the game evolves. The coaches dominate the way the game's played, I think. So whatever you throw up to the coaches, they'll adapt to it. But the other thing we spoke about, Jay, was yeah. there's always been bad games of football because mm. there's always been bad teams. So now when you stretch it out to 18, you've mm. probably got a few more... Poor teams. Poor teams who, who don't play great football. Yeah. Occasionally they do. I mean, I'm not being derogative all the time. So I think we get a bit bogged down in it. Now, are they worried about the fact that maybe the crowds aren't there or the TV audience is dropping off? Is that is that the catalyst for why we're trying to change oh, the, the game? I think with the, with the TV, it's it's been more a scheduling thing than, than anything else. I mean, at the end of the day, and, and I have this argument with people all the time. I mean, you look at that game yesterday... Uh, North Melbourne, who it's not one of the biggest clubs in in the country. But if that game was played on Friday night, you would have had a massive audience because mm. a, as a Friday night watcher of football, which a lot of people are, you sit down and if it's a good game, doesn't matter whether you barrack for the team or not, if it's a good game, you sit there and watch it. If it's not a good game, that's when you tune off. Just on Shrobby's point about being overcoached, it's almost 70-30 now. Like stra- a structure, to, you know, all that sort of um, mind-boggling stuff for players. And then 30 of, oh, we drafted you on raw talent, but just play a little bit of that. You spoke about, the you know, we've got some bad teams, but I don't think that the coaching depth is as good either. It's like we've got a real high-end coaching talent, and they're the sides that are always up there. So I reckon there's a bit of that as well. Like it's just overcoached, yeah. the footy at the moment. Would you change a rule, Shrobby? What would you do? Would you, do you have starting possessions? In, and, would um, you bring in a change down? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. I'd trial that first. Like, I'd go yeah. to the VFL and say, okay, just do 40 interchange for us mm. for 12 months. Because I think sometimes we talk about a rule change, but we don't actually know what it will produce. Mm. And I, I reckon that's the biggest problem because you might throw something in and you don't know what you're going to get. You need to know what you're going to get with a rule change. Well, Ruzi made a very good point yesterday. He makes a lot of good points, Ruzi. Every week you say Ruzi <laughs> made a very well, good he, well, he, but he does, and he's, common, and he's just out of the game in terms of no, coaching. So Ruzi said it's pretty easy for the, for the interchange one. Turn it back to when it was 40 interchange, and he said, have a look at some of those games and have a look at the, and say, okay, were mm. we happy with how the game looked back mm. then? They've already had that. Yeah. So you can actually go back and have a look to see what, how the game did look. Yeah. Starting position, Swabby? Oh, look, you could play around with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you'll need the umpire to police that a little bit to make mm-hmm. sure they're in the zone. Mm-hmm. Look, what it would do if you said for a stoppage, 
that you need to have three inside the other defensive 50, it yep. would spread it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily going to make yep. a huge difference. I look at most centre bounces. We, we tend to be starting six and six. Occasionally they'll start one off the back of the square or off the wing and coming through. Thirty-five. Know, a, yeah. a long time ago, Dicko, we bought in... Uh, we bought in cane toads to fix a problem, and uh, well, they became a bigger problem. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, though. That's, that, that I mean, that sounds crazy what you said, but it's actually right in reality because you don't know what you'll get. Exactly yeah. right. 35 goals in North Melbourne, Essendon, uh, Schwabby, and I think there were three games where both teams scored more than 100 points. So there was certainly scoring. Nathan Buckley tweeted, as you said, Dicko, and said, uh, please don't bring in those rule changes, essentially. Yeah. There'll be a big think tank at the end of the year, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see what comes of it. Well, yeah. well look, I'm a, I'm a bit of a Brisbane fan, but the re- reason we quite like the way Brisbane go about it, even though they've only won two games, they've got a good percentage. Yeah. Brisbane do score. Yeah. So even if you're going along to watch a side that's not winning, at least Brisbane are bringing a reasonably attacking game. Yeah. And we sort of accept that. Yeah. Rainer, Whereas, you know, I look at Carlton and people think I'm a Carlton basher, but they haven't scored 100. I can't remember the last time they scored 100 points. Oh, it's and apart from going to watch yeah. Kerno play, who's a superstar, yeah. and, and Cripsy, it's, it's not terribly exciting. No. Bloody boring at times, Schwabby. Their percentage, <laughs> Schwabby spot on, their percentage um, is 83. That'd be better than about six other teams, right? Oh, it? yeah, clearly. I mean, Carlton is 63, Gold Coast 62, St Kilda 73, Western Bulldogs 76, mm. and they've only won two games of footy. And then Fremantle's just above them, who's mm. won six. But GWS, eh? Jay Clark clipped me last week and goes, you are dreaming that they're going to finish in the top six. Well, Jay, you can push right off because the Giants are coming. And so are Essendon. What are your thoughts, Duck, on the Giants? Yeah, look, uh, uh, the you thing... You put a line through them. I, I did. I put a line through them. I still think it's going to be hard for them to make it. Uh, they've almost got to have a perfect run yep. to, to get in. Um, and if you look at the games, they'll go into his favour. I've, I've got them now winning, I think it's 12 and a half games. So 12 gets them in. Yeah, I reckon no. 13, 13 definitely. Ooh. 13 definitely gets you in, but yep. 12 and a half might not. And that's... So that's where I think they're at. They're right on the edge because they're going to drop a couple of games. They've got some tough games coming up. They play Sydney, obviously, yep. who will be tough, uh, as we know, and got, got a couple of other tough ones as well. But um, they are playing some uh, much better footy. Um, Jeremy Cameron, I know they won without him on the weekend, but he will he will hurt them at some point in one of those big games that we talk about when they come up against some really good quality opposition. But what has happened over the weekend is North lost, Melbourne lost, yep. Hawthorne lost. All of the teams yep. that are actually vying for those positions all lost. It only needed one of those to win to give them a little bit of breathing space to the others. But now for the first time in I don't know how many years, Bobby, you probably across this more than I, um, I'm normally right now the final eight's set. Yeah. It's been set for forever in a day. It's not set yet. So isn't that for an exciting season? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, it like is. Anyone can win it. Yeah, I'm not so negative on the game. I think we're actually going okay. Yep. And and GWS have been unlucky. Like they've had a yeah, lot of injuries. injuries. Yeah, and they've still got I mean, a maximum. Green, Green's a big loss if they can get Green back. And yeah. then Scully hasn't played much. Yep. Uh, Jeremy, we all know what happened there. So that's that's not bad luck. That's just been a lot of unlucky. Been a lot of unlucky teams. Collingwood have been unlucky. And by the way, it looks like Lyndon Dunn um, has done his knee. Yeah. Lyndon Dunn mm. will be out for the year. That's How big a blow is that? That's, That's a big massive blow. I, I, I did a thing a couple of weeks ago on what player you couldn't afford to lose. And at Collingwood, Lyndon Dunn was one for me. Mm. Just because his, his stability down there has just been... Been a great pick Just up. been great. So... Uh, but they've they've had you know numerous other injuries, obviously Trelaw as well at the minute. But um, you know, obviously GWS, Adelaide. There's only one side that hasn't had injuries. Yeah. And guess what? They won the premiership last year, yeah. and they're sitting on top of the ladder this year, and that is Richmond. Yep. yep. They'll probably win it again if they don't get injuries. Mm. I think. Yeah. Uh, Shrubby, you're a list manager and have been uh, involved in the game for such a long time. Tom Lynch, uh, you tweeted there's some big news happening. Uh, I couldn't open it because you got to subscribe to the Herald Sun, and I'm too tight to do that. <laughs> Uh, goes to Mike Ken. I can't as read your as, articles. As you should see his mansion out there at, yeah, uh, no. at Bloody Q, would you? Oh, turn it up. <laughs> but Tom Lynch, Robbie, uh, he's, he's at the Gold Coast, seemingly going nowhere as, as a um, well he's, as a player and he's in leaving. the club at the moment. Yep. Um, would your advice be, yep, um, we're going to go full tilt to get you out of there and, and submit you at one of the big clubs in Melbourne? He's gone to go. Look, if I was his manager, I, I, I'd say he's he's done a fair stint. 
he stuck by what seven years that's a pretty loyal commitment yeah. mm -hmm. um you're not looking like you're going up the ladder mm. so that's going to count against you mm. and i think to be fair to the fair to the well, he's a man really young man he needs he needs to be fair to himself and come home mm. and whoever gets him is going to get a super player yeah. and um being, being an afl person in every facet well that's that's great and, and if tom wants to do that then clearly that's his decision but do you think it's um, unfair that we and, and we, we get paid to all have an opinion on what he should or shouldn't do? But do you think it's unfair that people say, "Oh, he deserves," he, you know, for for him he should go? And if we want an even competition and we talk about the state of the game, mm. then we really shouldn't be cheering for Tom Lynch. I noticed Murphy's uh, recommitted at Carlton. Mm. Good on him. Everyone mm. was cheering for him to leave, saying, "Go and get success." And, and those same people that are saying, uh, go get success, then when Carlton get beaten by 100 points every week, they say, oh, the state of the game's terrible, but yet you were the person cheering for Murphy to leave the club. So if Lynch leaves, then May leaves the year after him because apparently that's now that's the whisper. They might as well, and I've said this a couple of weeks, they might as well go up, get two big massive padlocks, <laughs> put them on the gates... At, at wherever it is in, on the Gold Coast, and just say, and just say, we're shutting up shop. I'll say a couple of things. A lot, a lot of your views depend on what, what position you hold within the industry. So, yeah. if I'm in at the AFL, yeah. and I'm a commissioner, you're agreeing with me. I'm probably saying it's, it's we need Lynch to stay. Yeah. Of course we do, um, but we have a right to say to every player in the competition, you you can choose right. at some point your destiny. And it's your career, which I love. Which I love. By well, the way. I think it's their career, and that's what you ultimately yeah. got to decide. So when you sit down with Tom, you you know you talk about his career. What do you want to do with your football career? Yeah. And if you love the Suns and you think they're going to be okay, well, we'll work towards keeping you there. Mm -hmm. But but if it's not working for you and you want to come home and you think that's a better option, then you have to do that as your as his manager. And I'm a list manager of a club. It worries you when your side isn't competitive and isn't very good because you know that that's going to make it harder for you to hang on to players yep. and then let alone getting players, let alone trying to entice someone to come to you. Mm. Is, so is, it's a really difficult situation. Well, is, is there a skill Is there a skill with uh, list managers that are at other clubs of throwing figures out there for particular players that are looking at leaving clubs just to lift their price at that particular club, knowing that they're not going to leave Schwabby, but just tightening up their salary cap at their particular club. Is there an ability <laughs> at, at doing that? And do some do it? No, I think ultimately you've got it. Ultimately, you have to decide what Ben Dixon's worth, say. You have to make a call on him, whether he's at your club or you want to get him to your club. You know if he wants to move... To keep him at the club, you might offer him 500000 a year, but to actually move him, you might have to offer him six hundred and fifty to move. I'll use I'll use the example of Jordan Degoey. Oh, um, yeah. That's just, and this has just happened. So Kangaroos knowing full well that um, he wasn't leaving Collingwood. He wasn't leaving Collingwood. So let's throw him a deal five five years for five million. They know he's not going to go. But what that does is that says to Collingwood, you're going to have to up your figure to him and therefore that tightens your salary cap yep. going forward does that happen it possibly can happen what yep. what i would say for us north maybe he might move maybe if we if we just offer him that amount of money and that tenure we actually might shift him yep. what is jordan to go he worth he well, is, he's not he's not worth a million well he paid, but, he's, but he's going to be close to that 700 two to, by move, seven. to move him See, North know they have to offer something extraordinary to move so, him. So, how, how, is, how has this happened in our game? And, and how, how can you not have ever finished in the top 10 in a best and fairest, not even finished in a top 10 in a best and fairest, mm. and be offered a million dollars a year? That is absolutely ludicrous. That, that, that's, that's paying on what you perceive to be the potential of the player. Mm. Potential totally. Yeah, as you, totally. You know better than anyone. Potential is possibly the dirtiest word in footy. <laughs> but so, sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't. Like if I'm negotiating with a young player at the moment, I might say, you know what, I'm going to offer him a little bit more and a, and a few more years to lock him in just to make sure we, we get a good deal. 
that can backfire because you might win on it. I might lose with Jay. I might back Jay, and then all of a sudden, you know, two years into the contract, I'm thinking, well, why did I re-sign Jay? But I've signed you up for five years, and all of a sudden, that's looking like the best deal of all time. How many? How many young kids? How many young kids? And I put Dugowie in that category. Move clubs for big money that haven't done anything in the game. Go to another club and perform at a really high level and deserve the money they're getting paid. How many? No, probably not a lot. No, there's not a lot because because the pressure on them from doing that without already having a base. Josh Kelly was different because Josh Kelly was a best and fairest winner, all Australian. Um, so he already he, he runs on the yeah. board, albeit only you know one or two years, but yeah. still runs on the board. Yeah. Yeah. When they've got no runs at all on yeah, the board, no, that's a real punt. It's a real punt. Yeah. So and you know, there's only a few guys who the, step up and play league football to a high level straight away. Chris men- Judd springs to mind. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, Kelly springs to yeah. mind. The mental pressure that that puts on them, though, because of the yep. money and everything. Tom Boyd duck. Yeah, well, to- you know what? Tom Boyd, 100, percent has not obviously lived up to. That but what he has done is he's, he's delivered them a premiership worth and, every cent. And, and you know what? That. I watched him play the other night. He was all right. And I think he's a ruckman. He's, he's a ruckman. And I think he can be pretty good, Tom. He's he's a he, they've got. Well, he's a more than pretty good. The, I think he can be no, a really could, good. I, AFL I totally agree with you. I, I did a comparison with yeah. um, Tom Boyd and Tom Hawkins on Friday night, and I they've both played fifty eight games. Same comparison now. Tom had kicked a few more goals. They both won a premiership at the, at the mm. same age, same amount of games. But the difference is Hawkins was a forward, so of course he's kicked yeah. more goals. Boyd is a ruck push forward. That grand final he played, yeah. he was playing in the ruck. Yep. He kicked those goals from the ruck. Mm. Those marks he took down the line, they weren't leading up from centre-half forward. They were while he was playing in the ruck. That's his position. Do you know Tom Hawkins was an outstanding ruck as a kid? Was he? Yeah, he was. He really was. So I don't think he, he probably grew enough to be a real, a, a real ruckman yeah. type. So that's why he's probably played forward yeah. more. But I think, I think, looking back on his as a young young kid, he he had super potential to go in the ruck as well. All right. Before we take our first break, yep. quarter time, quickly, Jay, yep. tell us yep. in fifteen seconds. Yes. Tom Lynch and what's happened? Yeah, he's definitely going. So he's uh, he's told the Suns informally that he wants to leave at the end of the year. The club pressed him, pressed him for an early answer. So he he gave them. It, it won't be formalised to the end of the year, but the Suns are now looking to do the best deal they can regards trade or free agency. We might ask Shorby after the break. Yep what he would do if he was Gold Coast. All right, we've covered all for our 15 wrap-up. Quarter time, second quarter, and third and fourth. All about Peter Schwab coming right up. You're listening to Don't Argue, powered by Crownback. Marriage, Martin on the bike. Check sides it. How does it bounce? It bounces through. He's kicked three. Welcome back to Donagi Power by Crown Vet, our special guest, Peter Schwab. There uh, had a lot to do with Peter Schwab. Uh, one of the yeah, greats, the as I Cup. said. Yes. <laughs> the Minister Schwab. for Morale, uh, Benny Dixon. Hey, Schwab, yeah. what would you do if you're Gold Coast, the list manager up there, Craig Cameron, uh, uh, Tom Lynch is going to leave. Would you want the, the free agency pick? So pick three and get another gun young kid in a very good draft? Or would you be looking to trade that and get, say, Brandon Ellis or Camden McIntosh or Kane Lambert from Richmond or a Luke Bruce from Hawthorne? Do you get that senior player or do you... you Go back to the draft and have your twenty-fourth first-round draft pick. No, I think they've got to bring it. Well, you can keep one of them. Mm-hmm. It's like an early pick anyway. You got to trade one off to get some talent. Yep. Experienced talent. Yep. Otherwise, you keep ending up, as I said before, you keep ending up being an academy for the rest of the competition. So, yep. They stay two or three years or four years and then they're back out again. So, they need depth. They need experience, but they've got to be smart as to who that is, and they don't know where Tom's going at the moment or where he might go. So that's very important as well. You just named three that I wouldn't be going to get. What, Kane Lambert? <laughs> well, Kane Lambert's a very good player and a very good team. Mate, he'd win their best and fairest some at Gold of, Coast some this of, year. Some of these, this, this we've got to remember sometimes. When you've got, you got footy clubs, there are, there are some very good players at clubs that are very good teams. Take them out of that very good team, put them in an ordinary team, and guess what? They're not a very good player anymore. Righto, Duck. If you're at Gold Coast, who would you want? Who do you think's gettable? Because Shorby knows how hard it is to attract talent, and Luke Hodge was a very good pickup for Brisbane. What, what's feasible for oh, Gold look, Coast? Oh, look, I will. I don't know exactly who's. Give me someone. I, well, I don't know exactly who's out of contract or who's available. But what I would be getting, I'd be, I'd be making sure that the player I went to get yep. would be a player that's capable of coming in and being a good player in a poor team, yeah. not a, not a good player 
in a good team and he's only a good player because he's in a good team. There's a very big difference. If you put if you put Butler, Castagna, do you want me to go, uh, McIntosh from Richmond, do you, uh, uh, you know, I love Grimes, love Grimes, yeah. but all Lambert. of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, Lambert, you, all of a sudden you put Grimes on a number one forward rather than the number th- three or four forward, Grimes is a different player in that defence. So you, you, you've got to make sure that that player you get can have an impact at a poor club. What, what, what position do they need the most? Midfield. Yeah, they need a number one midfielder, and, and and you know what, and a strong, a strong leader, a leader, a, a guy that the, the people you've got to get there are, have great training habits. Jared McVeigh, you know, really good. Well, perfect example. You might you might only get a year or two out of Jared oh, McVeigh, yeah, but I'd Paul Ruse, Paul Ruse says the biggest appointment that he put in place when he took over as Melbourne was guess who? Daniel Cross. Daniel Cross, because he said, you know what. I know that when he gets there, he's going to set standards. He's going to show these guys how to train and how to go about everything on and off the ground. And he said, and he said he did exactly that, and that changed the, the way the playing group went about things. Yeah, you know what I'd look at. Mm. I, I'd I'd look at the guys who are close to retiring mm. and see if they've got another year to two years. And I'd get three of those, yeah. Yeah. and I'd bring them in. I'd bring them what, into McFay? the club, and you get them for nothing. I'd get McFay if he wanted to play. Yeah, uh, you know, I even go back. When, even when North got rid of Brent Harvey, I'd take Brent Harvey for another year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd look at players who I think can give us one or two years all the time so that we get this experience coming in mm-hmm. to help to help our young list. Luke yeah. and, that, and that doesn't have any impact yep. on your drafting because you're not giving away a draft pick. Yep. You're almost waiting for them to retire and then talk them into playing another year. Yeah. Yep. So you want or like, two years um, probably. But good leaders amongst that, you know. Oh, like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned talks. McVeigh. I mean, you couldn't mention it. Yeah. Could he be? Could he be more perfect? Oh. No. Yeah. Okay. You know, there'd be someone else maybe, but there's hardly a player I can think in the competition yeah. who's not as well respected and as good a player as he is mm-hmm. at his age. All right, Shrubby, you've, uh, <laughs> you've run the umps twice. Take us back to late yeah. 90s. I'll um, tell you one story from way back then. It refers to Arch. Um, you know, Dennis rang me one day and he said, look, <laughs> Arch is pushing it, isn't he, every week? And I said, well, he's going close because we used to do the match review as well. I said, yeah, look, he's... Every week we're looking at him, you know, he's fine line stuff. And he goes, can you just ring him up and tell him that you want to talk to him? And and I said, yeah, no worries. And he said, but don't, you know, don't yeah. let it be known that it's come from here. So I did. So I rang Arch, I said, look, I just want to have a chat to you. Yeah. You know, just be a bit careful, showing him a few incidents. And it's probably like Dermot, though. It doesn't make any difference. You could tell Dermot not to do anything. And as soon as the ball's bounced, <laughs> the, the, white, the white line fever takes over again. So it's probably the same with Glenn. But, you know, you sort of had those conversations. Um, look, look, you're going to get criticised because it's the nature of the job. Yeah. And and because you get it wrong occasionally, not as much as people think, but occasionally, yeah. you get it wrong at critical times, which, which upsets coaches. But it just what, does. What about... Um, Let alone players. Because you've got such a great relationship with everyone. I've never heard a bad word said about Shrobby. So you, you're dealing with the umpires, you're dealing with the match review or the, you know, um, dealing out the sanctions. Did you ever feel at some stage someone like Corey McKernan gets rubbed out for the brown low? Yeah. Did you, were you ever put in a situation you there, where you were go... Were you there then? Was that, what year was that? Was that, that was 2000, uh, that was 96. No, I missed that one. Yeah. yeah. Were you ever in a position where, oh God, this is the line ball, that's not... Yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Because I'm much of the view that you, you try and help the player, unless he's done something really bad, you, you're trying to, you've still got your hat on for the player because they're the participant and you want them out there playing. Mm. So you, you're always thinking, oh, you know, should we or shouldn't we? But in Brown, the end, you've got a, you've got a guideline that you have to apply. Brownlow favourites, uh, a little bit more lenient. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, oh, oh. I'm trying to think of some who have pushed the envelope as a Brownlow. Well, I remember like Croft never did much, did nah. he? No, I remember Croft Bucks, was pretty clean. Bucks was under the hammer at one stage. I'll tell you what, Nat, Nat, Nat Five pushed the envelope. Fife, Fife pushes it. Yeah, he pushed the envelope. Yeah. Remember that Pays year, on the edge a bit. Remember that year Bucks was close yeah. and he, he wasn't reported, but they yeah. were all blowing up that he had to get sided or... Yeah. Do you remember that? No, nah, not really. I can't. <laughs> what do you think about the bounce, Shrobby? You know what? I, I would have voted to get rid of it. Yep. And I would. Completely? Yep. But now that they've kept it, I don't like the recall. 
Yeah. I reckon if it's offline, it's just play on yeah. and the nearest player can compete. Because it's just a, well, just yeah. a chance. I just, yeah, yeah. I just think that's the way. If you want to keep it, you've yeah. got to expect that it's not going to be perfect. So, you know, so why we why do we recall it? Because I think once the ball yes, bounces, someone else can some it, the umpire is quick to call play on. Someone else can compete. How filthy are the actual field umpires with the bounce? Like we, you know, this, you hear this with stories and stuff. Are they genuinely not happy with the bounce? Do they want to get rid of it? Uh, not all. Who, no, not all. The ball? No, not all. But I would say this: there's more more want to get rid of it than keep it. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's just too physically difficult. Like, I think it's a combination of things. Some of them say it's physical, but I think it's a mental thing more than anything. The pressure. The pressure of making sure that it goes up straight mm. just gets to some of them. Yeah. And then they feel that that impacts on their decision-making. So my view is if, if, if you feel it's going to impact on your decision-making, then why, do we, why would we keep it? But now that we've made the decision to keep it, I'm not one for recalling it. Just what, let it go. What about when you, you were back at the first uh, umpiring boss? How much coaching for the umpires was it? Because... Um, I Not from, from me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh. Like, would you go in and go, "Hey, boys, you've had a howler on the weekend"? Or I was pretty, I was pretty upfront. Yeah. But I came from a different view. I wasn't technically um, attuned to what they were supposed to do or where they positioned because I didn't really worry about that. Ryan Sauce did that. I was more worried about whether I thought it was a free kick or not. Right. So I'd say I'd be upfront. I said that, that was you got that wrong, wrong. So would you get hammered by the coaches back then as well? Yeah. About free kicks. Yeah. yeah. So same, same as what happens now. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they've improved any? Now, I do personally, that when there has been some howlers, the ability to say, we got that one wrong, rather than yeah. rather than say, when it was wrong, rather than say, no, we think we got it right. Yeah, look, I think if you're wrong, mate. You, you, yeah, you but the problem, you, the problem you've got if you keep coming out and saying you're wrong, you, you're going to be doing that every week. Yeah. Yeah. So so after a while, it sort of defeats its purpose a bit. But if it, I think if there's a really big decision that everyone wants to know about, I think you have to be up front and say... We got it wrong. Yeah, if you did get it wrong, yeah. Yeah, I think you got to be up front and say you got it wrong. Did like, you... co- like coaches and players should be up front. Like, you know, unfortunately for Harry Taylor, you know, it was a skill yeah. error and he missed the goal yeah. and he'd be, he'd be feeling lousy. Yeah. And we all see that. Yeah. Same as umpire. If an umpire misses with... a free kick, yeah. we all see that. We all know it's yeah, probably yeah, wrong. Yeah. But, so it, but it's just human just, error. Yeah, yep. human error. Did you have anything to do with that third up rule with the umpires? No. Uh, the, um, no. Like, I don't know how that came in. That, it's extraordinary. It has done... Do you think that makes any makes difference no to difference the game? makes no difference at all. No. no. I, it was more... For me, I look at it and go, it's a protection thing for the Ruckman because yeah. I don't get a knee in the back. But, well, but then we don't have to nominate all the time. Well, the reason... It takes up 15 no, seconds. Well, what I think why that came in was because we want Ruckman, we want tall players to be able to still play our game. And if you have third man up, <laughs> then they almost become obsolete. It's been because they don't mark the ball around the ground. Well, exactly. Well, they never used to. <laughs> but guess what? Guess what's happened this year? Swab. Give Ruck, them a skill. There is, is actually Ruckman are actually getting the ball. Oh, <laughs> Max Gorn yesterday. They're actually. You oh, know what? They're, you know what? You know what? Back they're fun. even. They're even marking the ball. <laughs> some of them. Some of them. Grun, some of them, some gr- of them can play. Grundy, Grundy and them. Some of them are actually getting involved in yeah. chains of yeah. handballs. Yeah. There are others that should just stay clean out of that. <laughs> but there is a big chunk of uh, ruckmen in our game yeah, right yeah. now that are playing really, really good footy. And me being a, ruck, a ruckman, a, a basher of ruckmen, yeah. I think uh, there's some really good ones at the moment. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. But I, I don't see why the third man in comes in to save them, what, just to let them have... A hit at the footy. Mm. Well, well, you just well then it allows two people to compete. I understand the theory. There's no knees in the back of one of them, so he's not protected. So what about third man in in the defence? Like we meant to leave them one out, mm-hmm. so they can yeah. just mark it. I think I think it's a little bit different when you know the ball is yeah. just coming in from the boundary throwing, and I can say if I wanted to, and then this is how and this is what's funny about our game, protecting the head and all of that. If I wanted to every week, I could stand behind. Max Gorn's the most dominant ruckman in the comp. Yep. If Max Gorn was doing a, a, a ruck contest in the kangaroo forward line and I was playing, I would just say, you know what, throw it in, and I'd run into him every time I put my knees fair mm. in the middle of his back. I guarantee right. you by the end of the game, Max is not yeah. playing anywhere near his yeah. best. That's how easy it is yeah. to do. So no, I'm glad fair. they've brought it out. That's fair. What, what about the theory if you just said, uh, as long as two go up, we don't care who they are? Don't worry. Don't worry, don't about, worry about nominating. nominating. No, no, no. That's how it should, that's that's how it should, should be. be. That's how it Why should be. Why he's not like that? So don't nominate. Don't, <laughs> don't nominate. Let that get the ball in quicker. Yeah. So as soon as the boundary umpire gets it, no waiting around yeah. for people to nominate. Get it. 
because that, that yeah. would open the game up. Throw it in really quickly. And two people compete. I don't care whether you're a rover, ruck yeah. rover, or as long as as long as it's just one on each. Two. Mm. Yeah. Shelby, can I up to before we go to half time? Can I ask why you left that position? I can't imagine how <laughs> difficult what it, what it uh, would be. But you were there for what two years in your latest stint. What happened uh, at the end? Did you have, la- have enough? My last stint. Yeah, did you have enough? Uh yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I went back and and didn't really enjoy it. And yeah. then um, when how, how could you? when Steve came in, Steve Hawking came in. You know, we talked about it and. You know, we decided to part ways. I mean, I've been in the game a long time, and I thought, well, you know, realistically, um, it's probably not where I want to want to be. Um, so yeah, I left. Not a bad call. And I, you know, I'm still do without the stress. Well, I, st- I still keep in touch with Hayden Kennedy. He's, he's a true. He's bloke. a good, he's a ripper, Hayden Kennedy. And um, you know, so I still keep a bit interested in how he's going with it. Should but uh, ultimately, other than that, mate, I, I, to be honest, I watch the game and. I'm probably like everyone else. I see a decision, I go, gee, that was a bad one, or <laughs> gee, that was right, but I don't get upset about it at all. I think the biggest thing with umpires, Swabby, and you'll you'll 100% agree with this, obviously, is the respect that the players do have now for the umpires, mm. because, Dicko, some of the conversations me and Goldie had out on the ground, like... Wow. Yeah. Well, but but, but he gave he gave yeah. as good as he and got. No microphones. That's he, yeah, he gave him. as good as he got, but that's it was just him. unbelievable. He, no, he, I didn't he, like him. I didn't? I liked him because <laughs> he, he did that. He gave... He, I got... Get a kick, Kerry. I got scragged, tackled, yeah. arms chopped, head chopped, wrestled to hey, the ground. How would have you been in the got modern game? You ab- would have... <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nothing yeah. they gave like, Not a brown How many free kicks would you have got in the modern game, In... If you okay. were playing now, he reckons he would have kicked modern, 16 In the modern goals. game right now, if you, you got the treatment, you would get a free kick every time you went near yeah, the footy. Yeah. That's simple as that. Yeah. And, and you know what? But I, they wouldn't do it too as much, would I they? I will say this. If Ben Brown played, so Ben Brown is leading the Coleman medal. Yeah. Because of Ben Brown's, he's got one. Of, he's got two great abilities at the moment, Ben Brown. He meets the ball at its highest point. He's a good mark and he's a good kick. kick. Everything else... On the ground, all of that is obviously that they're not his strengths. If he was playing in any other era than now, he would not even get a game. Mm. And yet, he is he is leading our Coleman medal because his arms would get chopped. He would get he would get uh, the head would mm. go, yep. the body would go, everything. And it, it's just the way the game is now. You're not allowed that you know the the, the arms around. I yeah. mean, Steve Silvani, the greatest greatest uh, fullback uh, of the century. I mean, what he used to be able to, and what he got away with is just mm. unbelievable. And if you haven't picked this up, Shobby, when he was talking about players that have played six games and getting a million bucks, he took unders in his career, so he's still bitter. <laughs> <laughs> player of the game goes, how many top tens in the premier? <laughs> half time to go. All right, let's go to half time after the break. Uh, Shobby's coaching career. You listen to Don't Argue, Power by Crown, but. Marriage, Martin on the bike, check sides it. How does it bounce? It bounces oh. through. He's kicked three. Welcome back to Don't Argue, powered by Cranbet, our special guest, Peter Schwab, uh, your coaching career, Schwabby. Um, just to give you a bit of background, when I arrived at the footy club, Schwabby was already there at the footy club, um, yeah. working, and Jade Rawlings and myself were 17 years of age, and we didn't have a job, and Schwabby said, come and lick some envelopes in the admin <laughs> and do some deliveries, and we did that, and uh, we kept uh, Slaughter on the roll, and Schwabby pulled us in and go, boys, not sure how you stuffed this one up, but uh, can you just try and get the job done, and... Jade abused one of the staff members. Did, probably goes, yeah. you can't be doing that, even though I, I probably reckon you, you're on the money, but you just can't be doing it. So uh, always had a great side yeah, to him. But that was you, funny. You took over coaching. Um, you were an assistant before you went to the umpires, um, yep. which obviously loved your coaching style, but you took over in 2000. Yep. Tell us how you actually went from an umpires boss to coaching an AFL team. Well, you wouldn't do it now, would you? That, that pathway just wouldn't work. So... Yeah, look, I'd because I'd, I'd been at Richmond and straight after playing and been assistant coach for a while, and I just thought I needed a change. Actually, Ian Collins came and asked me to do the role, and he sort of talked me into it. So I left and took up the umpiring, and then and then at, at the end of '99, uh, Judgey took the job with West Coast Eagles, and the and it position became open. I was also talking to Richmond at that stage as well. So when Danny went to Richmond. But so was, you were in that one as well? I was in that one as well. Got beaten by Spud. Well, I don't know if I got beaten by Spud. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up going to Hawthorne. So, yeah, look, it was a great honour to coach the side you played for. Mm. I mean, um, yeah. Do you yes. remember when you arrived, though? Like, 
where the place was at or where the players Yeah, were. look, I thought I thought the team was on the up a little bit. I mean, they had the the buzz of Crawford winning the Brownlow that end of that year and played some pretty good football. I think mm. you won your back back end of the season. Mm. You might have won four or five. And I knew I knew most of the guys anyway because uh, I'd been there. Mm. Um, so, I was, so I was quietly confident that the list was reasonably reasonably healthy. And it's hard sometimes when you come into a role like that because I was expected to play finals straight away. Look, often now when you get a job, you get you, you, you're getting a lower you club. get a lower club, and mm. it's it, it's not that not that easy. Believe me. Mm. <laughs> so I was, I was in a reasonably good position. Well, you, there was the big, huge decision. Um, I spent a bit of time on this week to part with favourite son Trent Crowd yep. and Luke McFarlane. Um, to get pick one, pick 20, pick 36, which turns out to be the greatest trade of all time. Get a bloke called Luke Hodge and Sam Mitchell who got more premiership cups and they've had uh, hot yeah. dinners. But there was... Hawthorne fans were so angry, weren't they, that no. you were letting go Trent Crow. Can you tell us about that time? It would have been pretty turbulent. It's because he hit the post, really, uh, wasn't it, in the prelim? Yeah, that's what anyone <laughs> says. You know, oh, yeah, got rid of Trent because 201, he you know, hit the post. Now, what what happened during that year was John Turnbull, our recruiting guy, said, look, I think there's uh, three players who are outstanding. You know, it's going to be great players. And he said, oh, Chris Judd, Luke Hodge and Luke Ball. And he said, oh, you know Chris Judd? And I said, oh, I, don't know, I don't know any of them, you know. And he said, I oh, know Chris came down and trained with us, you know, as part of the AS squad. I couldn't remember. But I hadn't seen any of them play, you know, which is a bit unusual. I'd, I think I'd seen a few um, under-18 games. So I kept it on the back burner because we were going pretty well. Anyway, to cut it, a long story short, at one point I said to John Turnbull, we've got to find a player to trade because we're not going to get an early round pick unless we trade someone. So, you know, I've got to pick someone. So I decided to pick. Crody, because I thought Crody might have the, the most value in the market. Bit of currency. Yeah. So he, he did. I didn't want to lose McFarlane, because I thought Luke was going to be a very good player, but Luke wanted to go home. So the fact that Luke could go home at that stage meant that he got thrown into the deal. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, he wasn't the one we wanted out the door at all. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit... I'm not saying I'm upset to lose Trent, because it was a hard decision to make, but I, th- I thought for the club we were going to get a better return. So that's purely why I did it. That caused a lot of angst. It had to be approved by the board. Yep. You know, and John Turmalon had to argue pretty, and John Hook had to argue pretty heavily with the board to get that approved. So, so you, draft, so you drafted approved. Luke Hodge. Give us your first impression. Yes. Well, John Turnbull, I left it to John. I said, you, you know, now you got the pick, you better pick the right bloke. And then after about five rounds, I said, you haven't picked the right bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Hodge, the greatest captain in the history. No, of the no. Uh, well, Juddy was flying, you know, and yep. Luke was struggling. Luke, he had osteitis and he was struggling a bit and he had some habits bit, that he should bit, have got out of. A bit plumpy. Plumpy and he liked he liked to drink and he liked a pizza and he liked his mates and, you know, he's a, he's a lad. And, um, How'd you straighten him up? Oh, no, he, he, he was a very competitive kid. Uh, he just needed to get his body right and, and understand to train for AFL footy was going to take a, a lot more work than he probably thought. So we'd meet after every... Every Monday, and I'd just sit down with him. He's so honest, and I'd go through it. You know, what'd you drink this week? What did you eat? Did you have a massage? You know, I'd just go through all the things he should be doing. And he was so upfront. He'd go, you know, he'd tell me exactly what he'd done. Yep. And we'd say, well, you can't do that, Luke. You got to do this. Yeah. But I'm so, you know, I look back over his career now, and he's still playing. Yeah. And you know, I take a little bit of pride in. Yeah. The fact that he got to Hawthorne. Have you and any... Sam Mitchell's a yeah. super superstar as read... well. So Sam, I didn't want Sam either, and I'll tell you that one if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on, go on, go on. Because it wasn't at Montagna and Mitchell. Was well, it one of those? Well, Sammy, Sammy was playing out at uh, Box Hill. <coughs> Short little dumpy bloke. Yeah, right. He's playing in the seconds this day, and I go, "There you go, city. You can get the footy that kid." And Donald McDonald goes, oh, "I want to play him in the, you know, the ones at Box Hill." And I said, "Oh, yeah, we'll play him." You know, so he went up and he, and he kept in the footy there. So I got, got to the end of the year and um, he was on the radar, but I was still a bit dubious about him. And then with pick 20 in that draft, we picked a guy called Daniel Elstone, who, who I thought was a similar type to Sam. So when it came around to pick 36, I said, why are we going to go for Sam when we've already picked Daniel? Because they're very similar. And um, John Turnbull was of similar view, but David Parkin and Donald McDonald convinced me that he was the best pick at 36. You'd be mad not to take him. Mm. So he did. And, and and he ended up being a, you know, <laughs> one of the great, yeah. one of the great Hawthorne players ever. You must, you must 
take a lot of pride. I mean, you must have special relationships with these guys and, and take so much pride in what they've been able to achieve, oh, I'm just knowing your part at the start. Well, I didn't have a lot to do with them because, you know, in the end I left when they took off, you know. So, you know, Clarko's the one who's, you know, done the most for that footy club and for them. Um, I'm just pleased that they ended up at Hawthorne and ended up being such great players. And, then you know, there's this similar, like Michael Osborne was a rookie. Robert Campbell was a rookie. Brad Sewell, I said to John Turnbull, don't pick Brad Sewell, pick Mike Ferrito. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking like a... But Michael ended up playing 200, 200 games. games. Yeah, so, yeah. But, you know... He's a Box Hill boy. I too. can't stand here as a coach and say, oh, you know, I was spot on the money with all of them because I, you know... But, I probably wasn't on the money with any of them, really. They just ended up with us. That's not true. But have you read Hodgie's book? I should, should yeah. I? Um, Hodgie's uh, Sorry, Shelby's Hodgie, top player. <laughs> no, he, he, he mentions you in it. Um, I was playing on Hodgie in first pracky, and he's pulling my jumper. Anyway, I said, don't do that, da da, da. Anyway, pulls it the third time I turn her in and smack him, and down he goes. Shelby comes flying over. <laughs> You dickhead, that's out of the one draft pick. I'm going to turn your ass for this. Anyway, he gives me a spray and he goes to grab, I go to lead again and Hodgie pulls me jumper. So he goes, oh, I like this boy. I said, we're going to get along just fine. But he always had the traits, didn't he? He was tough and oh, he's tough it was kid. the off-field he just had to, to had to tighten up on. Um, the prelim, talk about the prelim, Shobby. Um, yeah. With Crady hitting the post, we got robbed by Goldspink, our Ducks mate. Gave away five free kicks in the first quarter for five goals. Yeah. Cost us. Well, we we played so well to get there because we had a great win at Port Adelaide in the um, semi final. Which I think Barks kicked one of those goals from the pocket. You can, apparently can't kick from. You know, no more than I do. <laughs> Came off your shin. That. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great win. So we were just pleased to get there. But then when we got there on the day, I thought. We're, we're actually on, you know, you can sort of tell when you're coaching. Yeah, things didn't go. The rub of the green didn't really go for us early, but we're in the game. And then Crody had that shot, and I think, you know, we all know if that had gone through, I'm not saying we would have won, but we would have hit the front, mm. and the ball would have come back to the middle with not much time to go. So that's a fine line. Mm. And then the so kick yeah. in from Essendon was, you know, really good and rebounded down and scored a goal and got the break. So it was a, yeah, it was a bit of a lost opportunity. I'm not saying we would have beaten Brisbane because we were, we were a little bit hammered after that game with the injuries but it was a great effort by the guys what and a highlight of my career I suppose as a coach yeah, no, well doubt. no doubt what about um, as a coach you never miss a game but you missed with a heart remember, the, remember that one? Oh yeah I had arrhythmia what happened here no oh, I got a I get arrhythmia I'm, I, you know it's it's just a common heart flutter and prior to a game against Carlton I'd actually been at the game watching Melbourne play Adelaide and then I left early to get to my car and I ran to my car and my heart went out <laughs> I didn't know what it was at the time but anyway again to cut a long story so I ended up in hospital on the Saturday so I couldn't coach so Chris Conley had to coach so I'm listening to the um, I've had the opera I've had the procedure Yeah. so I come back to my ward and I'm listening to the game and I'm not joking just for Dicko's marked the ball right and and at that point I blacked out so I don't know what happened <laughs> I blacked out in the hospital so they rushed in and pumped me full of adrenaline I sprung back you know sprang right back up yeah. and my wife's there and I go what happened <laughs> and she goes Dicko kicked the goal yes. oh, beauty, you know so we won good work Dicko uh, what so, about um, so that was quite amazing maybe for the last change Dicko what about 2004 man it's it's uh, it's footy folklore now oh, yeah. um, mm. you, you came out and said you were going to win the flag or you could win the flag yeah well season didn't go quite to the script Shobby what happened nah I'm known for that well, it, was, it wasn't a smart thing to do, but I, I was just trying to make a point. And I, was, I said, uh, you know, we can win the premiership. And, you know, and then a few people laughed. And then I made a comment about, well, you know, obviously some people in here think that is a joke. But, you know, when you're playing footy, that's what you should be aiming for. And, well, know, every, every club yeah. at the start of every year you don't want to lose. honestly believes, yeah. other than maybe two or three that are, you know, Honest with themselves, yeah. but everyone else at the start of preseason thinks oh, we're in the right yeah, position. Yeah, think goes well. Yep. So, so it's sort of like you just don't people it, just it, don't say it out. Yeah, it wasn't a definitive. It was sort of a statement to say. And the follow-on was, well, that should you know whether we can or not. Our intent should be to do that because yeah. why otherwise are we playing? So then that sort of hung on me. Obviously, followed you through the year. Yeah, and we had a bad year, and we we um you know just went. Didn't went a bit pear shaped. I wish I could. I wish I could do what some coaches do and say that the uh, don't don't cloud 
you know, wins and losses shouldn't cloud our season. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. You know, win, loss is everything in footy. Okay, eventually it is. Yep. You get some leeway, but I was never going to get any leeway in 204. I'd mm. signed a two-year contract, but, you know, I'd come off two years where we just missed the finals mm. after playing the prelim. Yeah. So, you so the expectation of the club was, yep. you know, like, you know, we'll give you two years, but we really need to make finals. And we, and we drafted a little bit. I knew we had some good young players, but we drafted a little bit to bring in some experience, which I thought might help us, and it didn't. And then we had we had some bad luck. There's no doubt about that. But you know, it is what it is. And I, I parted ways halfway about round fifteen, I think. Um, just before we go to the break, you tried to trade me too to Brisbane, Peter Schwab. Did I? Yeah. Did I do that? You know the story? No, I can't. Maybe that was hooky. It was, I didn't it was in know 2000 and, <laughs> 2002, and Brisbane had won the second. You thought we don't And I was in decoy. Fiji with no phone reception, and Lee Matthews left a message, said, because they were looking for a ruckman. We were looking for a ruckman. Remember when Spider Everett? Mm-hmm. And it was Clark Keating for me. And you could uh, have been I had a Brisbane no phone reception. Clark wouldn't note. come. Yeah. And uh, they were trying was, to get was the I other pushing other. you up yeah, there, yeah, was yeah. I? Yeah, and Georgie Stone goes, we'll give you Dixon. And Lee goes, I'll have him. That might So that, not that only did have... I miss Hawthorne's premiership here, I missed Brisbane's <laughs> as well. <laughs> that wouldn't have been me, Dick. I wouldn't have tried. Uh, so nah, that would, must have been hooky. Yeah, it would have been hooky. I'll throw it at him. All right, three-quarter time here. You're listening to our special guest, Peter Schraub on Don't Argue. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do-or-die effort. It's going to be a determined bitch. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to me. Welcome back to Don't Argue. Powered by Crammy. Listen to Peter Schraub, our special guest. Talked about he tried to trade me. We tried to get the duck as well, Schraub. Can you tell us that no, one? No, we did. Uh, we met in Port Melbourne. and um, yep. oh, I haven't heard this story. Yeah, no, we pitched hard for him and uh, unfortunately lost out to Adelaide. What happened there? Yeah, that? no, I, I, Hawthorne, Essendon, Collingwood, Sydney and Adelaide were the, the, the five You had clubs. a few options. <laughs> no, they, they were the ones I narrowed it down to. <laughs> because I thought they were the, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest clubs. Um, and and Hawthorne, the only reason why, I remember you, you gave me a number 18 Hawthorne Guernsey and said, well, you know, the 18's yours. Sydney did the same thing. There you go, Sydney. Uh, Adelaide said, Adelaide said um, Eddie Betts will give up. Not Eddie Betts, sorry. It was um, Graham Johncock. Oh yeah. Said he, Eddie Betts wears eighteen now, but Graham Johncock said, "Oh well, you know, if he does, I'll give him the number 18. Um, uh, Collingwood, Paul Lecuria had the number eighteen. He said, "I'll give it to you if you come to the club." Yeah. And then Essendon said, Lloyd, he said, uh, "No, you can't have the number." <laughs> But um, no, Hawthorne, Hawthorne were one of the clubs. But in the end, for me, Adelaide, because I, 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 well, I, yeah. I grew up in Adelaide yeah. and I had a lot of school friends there, so that's why I didn't. Yeah. But Hawthorne were clearly a great club. Yeah, we pitched hard. But yeah. Anyway. And it, it worked out so good for Mark Rusciuto. Still to this day, he says he had his best year ever when the Ducks well, was Well, I, I was in Adelaide for two years. Uh, had a couple of niggles, which I'd never had before. Rue won the Brownlow the first year I was there and came runner-up. In the second year, he was there and said he's never had a better time off the ground in his whole life. He, said, he was drinking, he was just doing what he did and yep. uh, yeah, had well, his two best it years. It works for some. Was it shoulder at Adelaide? Sorry, Dave. Sh- no, no, shots? no. I had I got soft tissue injuries, which I'd never, ever had before. Mm. Yeah. Um, 83, 86 and 88, Shrobby. Um, mm-hmm. I want to touch on the 88 one because I interviewed you at a Life Members Lunch and I never knew this story. Um you said, I'm going overseas, I'm, yeah. I'm going to turn up round one. And the, was it Alan Joyce? He'd just taken over? Joyce, he had, yeah. Look, I was 27 and we lost in 87, which meant, you know, with, I think we'd lost three premierships in three out of four. And and, and I wanted to travel and I, you know, married. And then before I had kids, so my wife and I decided we're going to go away. And I just told the club, I just said, oh, listen, I'm going away. I'm out. Going to Europe. I'll win. I said, oh, early December, I'll be back uh, start of February. Yabby was still coach, and he said, oh, you're taking a risk, son, doing that, you know. And I said, oh, well, and he said, oh, well, if you have to go, you have to go. So I did. But yeah, Jeansy got crook, and Joycey took over. So when I was away, I heard that Joycey had taken over. So when I got back, I felt great. I, I didn't put on weight or anything, because yeah, walking yeah. around and yeah. all that, and I wasn't really fit. And he said, you're not going to play uh, until about round four. I said, how do you know that? He said, well, you know, you took the risk and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. So I trained and then it came around to the first practice game. And so, no, someone pulled out, yeah. And he, and he rang me up and said, oh, you better play. I played and did well and 
had my best year ever. So I say to any player who wants to go yeah. away, yeah. go away. Yeah. You know? No, seriously, exactly. though. Mentally and physically, it was a great time for me because I was, you know, 20, yeah, I was 27. Well, you told um, Crawford you go. Do you remember that? Crawford took off for, I reckon it was two and a half months overseas. Probably just let him go. What year? Oh, I reckon it'd be 2000. After his brown light, yeah. Yeah, he, str- he struggled yeah. a bit after he won the brown line. Yeah. Just the pressure that was on him and the club and all that. But he yeah. went to Shrubby and said, oh, I'm... Yeah, but you I- can do that. You can do that, can't you? I mean, especially mm. with a play, uh, player like Croft. Yeah. If you know a guy looks after himself yeah. and trains hard and does all of that, I mean, you, you, you literally yeah. can say, yeah. you know, go on a go on a holiday. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think coaching's all about understanding... Well, life's about understanding people and what makes them tick mm. and how to get the best out of them and... You know, it's not one way doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. It's just human Den- nature. Dennis wouldn't let Byron Pickett do that, but uh, he might. Yeah, let, well, yeah. He, he would yeah, let yeah, Steve-O yeah. do it because he knew Steve-O would train hard, but mm, yeah. uh, Byron uh, used to come back a little heavy. Yeah. Um, 83, 86 and 88, Shelby. You can't go, this one's better than the other, but the group, so they're spread out. Yeah, they're a bit different. Yeah, tell us about the first one. Well, 83 is more, well, Lee played and Knightsy played and, well, Tucky was there for all of them. He was there forever. <laughs> but, but to actually play with, with Matthews and Knights is a bit surreal, to be honest, because when I was a boy, I followed Hawthorne. So you just grow up wow. watching them and mm. idolising them. But I remember at halftime because we were well in front and Knightsy was there, you know, and I, came, and I seriously went over to him and I said, do you reckon we'll win? <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good bloke, Nights. He goes, he says, oh, just concentrate. If we keep going like we're going, we'll go okay. You know, so I, think, I look back on that and I go, this is a really. And I played on, and I saw him on the weekend, Brian Wood, who's a great Richmond player and Essendon player, saw Woody on the weekend, and um, I played on him because he'd come over as a veteran to Richmond. And then Colin Robinson belted Timmy off the ball, and and then Woody took off towards Robbo because he'd seen it and I hadn't. And I'm running by and Woody yelling out the Robbo, look out, you know. <laughs> but Robbo, Robbo, Robbo could actually punch. Handle you know? himself. Yeah, he yeah. could, you know. How'd you go in the scuffle? No, well, I just, I just yelling out, look out. Shrubby went all right, I think. What about Lee Matthews, though? Tell, oh. us, tell us about Barney because... Well, he didn't kick seven that day. Mm. I mean, he, he kicked 93 as a... Playing as a forward, he kicked nearly a thousand goals. No, he's just a superstar. He's, he had the had the best hands, and he's just his balance was enormous. Mm. And he had that twist, that low, low, yeah, low centre. He just couldn't grab him, you know. Yeah. Like Ablett Junior. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, probably a bit. Not as not as uh, quick as Gary, but he he was certainly as agile. But he was he was ruthless too, we, like really nasty. At training and that as well. Like well that's what no, no, no. Just the way yeah. he played, and um, Lee didn't say much. Like Lee, Lee would hardly ever say anything. And I remember one day, he, he got split by Will Jones at a boundary throw and Will just punched him in and seriously had a cut that really opened up above his eye. And again, I'm young and naive, read at Carlton, and I asked him if he was all right. And he looked at me and goes, why? That's so what he said, why? Why? Yeah. I said, oh, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> because you're about to bleed to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those dark eyes yeah. up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a lot like different it. off the field. You know, but now. what about around the club? Like We hear about how great a player he was. Tell us about around the club. because Who, Lee? Yeah. Mm. Oh, he wouldn't say much, really. He was, he was just, you know how, um, what's the word for him? He's just so blunt and um, to the point. Yeah. Mm. He's, uh, you know, that's the way you do it. And that's the way you do it. Oh, one, training was funny one time. Um, we had these really crap footies and he got fed up with them and he just, Got one one time and torped it onto the railway track. At <laughs> Yabby's coaching. Yabby's looked at it and he didn't say anything. And I'm thinking, imagine if I did that. Slaughter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. Oh, we had Don Scott in my early days. Don wouldn't talk to you. Right. Would not talk and to you. And captain? No, nah, he got he lost the captaincy. So, mm-hmm. and da- Hawthorne used to walk down the the hallway to get to the changing room. So if someone's coming the other way, as you know, Dicko, you mm. almost have to go sideways mm. to. Yeah. Don just walked straight past it. What about missing uh, 89, Shrobby? The suspension. Yeah. How does that sit with you now? Were you guilty? Oh, I was guilty. <laughs> Tell us what I happened. I think three was a bit harsh. Tell us what happened. Well, I whacked him in the back of the head with an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> with an elbow. Yeah. I was struggling. I was on playing on Michael Long, who could really play, and he was a bit too quick for me. And I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, geez, I'm not having a good game. You know, it's the second semi final. If we win and I don't have a good game, I won't be under the pump to 
you know, get in the side. So I was getting more and more frustrated. And then Andrew Manning came back with a flight of the ball and I went to spoil and I got there late and just missed. just put the elbows into the back of the head. And I thought, oh, yeah, it didn't look good. Meanwhile, Dermot, Dermot was Kate Anger and blokes and belting them and <laughs> getting off. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I think he knocked Vanders out. He knocked someone else out. Yeah. So I think they were pretty. That club was pretty happy that Dermot got off. And I, <laughs> I was a sacrificial lamb. You're watching the '89 of the greatest grand finals in the history. Yeah. Of the game from the stands. How'd you go that day? I was watching it with uh, Tony Hall because Hawley did his knee in the That's in right. the state game with Colo. Yeah, tackled, tackled him. him. And Paul Abbott broke his leg, so you know I had a, I had a bit of company. Oh, look, it was a great game. Yeah, unbelievable game. You know, Gary was at his his Peak. full powers, and um, they were a bit unlucky not to win. But it was one of those games could have gone either way. You know, Derma got cleaned up by Yatesy um, for a payback that had happened earlier in the year. Mm. Derma would tell you that one. So he evened the score. So it was a good effort. You know, Dipper got badly hurt. I don't, I don't think either side would have been in good shape if that had been a draw no. coming out the next week. Do you still do you still feel a part of it when you, you know, you've obviously played all year and then you miss mm. out because of suspension. Uh, what What is that feeling like? Because I've, I've, I've got teammates the same thing, played all Ross Smith, mm, yeah. been at the club forever, yeah. finally you get into a grand final, he misses out. Yeah. No, you don't. You, you really don't. Because, yeah. I mean, ultimately it's all about the people who are out there on the day. Yeah. It, yeah. it just is. And as much as people try to tell you that you've got them there and all that, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. And look, I was lucky. If that was my one and only chance, I think I would have been really shattered. Whereas now I think, well, it would have been lovely, but I would, you know. Your trophy and if I was anyway. really, and if I was really honest, I, I, you deserve to get rubbed out. What about um, your uh, opponents over the years? Who was your, uh, oh, who did you dislike the most? Oh no, oh, well, you know, I got a lesson from Robbie Flower one uh, one night. It was a Tuesday night game. We used to play night game. I was playing halfback flank. He was playing half forward. I just couldn't get the ball. Mm. Every contest he won. And I was trying really hard, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, you know. I, sh- I shook his hand after the game. I just said, thanks for the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, he one of the, is he one of the best? Yeah, he was on? in the one-on-ones. Yeah. He was just really... Shimmer? Did, Shimmer was a great player. Did you ever get Shimmer? Oh, I got Shimmer one day. Yeah, he rang me up very quick. I don't know how much time. No, we've got eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Rings me up. And he, goes, he used to ring up Friday night, and then we're playing North. And he goes, oh, son, you know, there you go. Good. He said, oh. So I've got a job for you tomorrow. I said, yep. He said, I don't think you can do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah. And he goes, oh. He said, yeah. he said, well, he sort of knew my psyche. Anyway, he said, oh, you know, I'm going to play you on Wayne Shimmel. But he's a real good player. You're not that good. <laughs> so, yeah. He said, what do you think? I said, well, you know, well, if that's what I've got to do, I've got to play. <laughs> yeah. you know? But I think Shimmer knew because I was pretty young when I played on him. I think he knew that I wasn't going to get much of the ball. So he just ran me really, really hard all day. I was exhausted, and I reckon for 30 of his touches, I was just nearly there, you yeah. know? No, he, he kicked two, two and had about 30, so How's he was a ripping player. What was the feedback like from the coach? Uh, oh, he said that. He said, I went, the next day, he, goes, he said, oh, you just struggled. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you said, you said I would. <laughs> I said, you're right, he's a real good player. So I, was, I always actually played on probably guys who were... You know, Dougie, really, did you get Dougie Hawkins I didn't well? get Dougie a lot because Dipper used to get Dougie yeah. out on that wing. Yeah. Um, but I played on Wayne Johnson a lot. Wayne was you yeah. know, a really hard player because he was at the ball. Like some some players you play on don't go at it, mm. so they're hard, they're easier to play on in a way. Like if you keep going in, yeah, it's difficult to you got to beat him to it. And, but then you're waiting for him to move. Yeah. So he he was he was a real good player, Wayne. Um, yeah, I used to get blokes, blokes like um, Latif was a really good player for you guys. Matty Larkin was a good player. Oh yeah, you know I used yeah. to play on Matty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, no, good, good, good players. What about before we let you go, Shobby? Um, we had Bucky in a couple of weeks ago, and he reckons he got the three votes at the reunion, the two-day event. Oh, Buck! Yeah, uh, uh, Rue reckons he got the three. Yeah, who who actually got the three votes? Oh, Rue goes close all the time because yeah. you know what he's like. He's just hanging crap on everyone. <laughs> you know, as though he's perfect. Yeah. Um, no, it's, great. it's it's always good to see guys you don't see a lot. Like I see a bit of Buck and Rue, but. Guys like, uh, I hadn't seen Darren Pritchard for ages, you know. Witty lives down at Geelong. Yeah, yeah it was good to see Witty. Uh, Paul Abbott came across from Perth. Yeah, no, it's it's great to see guys because yeah. you'd be the same. Yeah. You're great mates, but you don't, because we're so busy with our own lives, we don't see them. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, some of them are looking a bit worse for wear. Some are looking really good. <laughs> you know, I'm a bad in-between. Uh, 
No, it's good. I've had a great, great time with the Hawks. You've had a magnificent career, Shrobby. One more one before you go. It's a little bit curly, but Alistair Clarkson contracted to the end of next year. Greatest coach in, in the game's history, just about, or certainly one of the uh, one of the best. Do you think he's the right fit to stay at Hawthorne in the long term, or do you reckon, regardless of what happens sort of this year and next year, he may have sort of had his time at the Hawks? Do you think he's the man to stay, or could he do with a, a fresh start, and could the Hawks do with some new coaching blood? No, I'm, I, I'd be happy for El to stay. I think you know the group's changing, and uh, he's always inventing yep. his, himself a bit and, and the way he goes about it. You know, look, he'll be the one who decides if he thinks he needs a different challenge. But I, I think he's got a good challenge with this current, yeah. Yeah, the Hawks. Me, this current yeah. team. Don't let him go. I wouldn't. Yeah, they're hard to find. Dicko yeah. said that at the start. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. really hard to find great coaches. I mean, as you said, he's arguably one of the greats of all time now. All right, Shobby. Great chat, Shobby. Thanks for coming yep. in. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Uh, if we had a few beers here, we might open him up a bit more. <laughs> Go we might hours. have to do that next time. <laughs> Um, follow us on Twitter, leave us a rating and review. Join us on Wednesday because we're still continuing with the Thursday night footy. You've been listening to Don't Argue Power by Crownman.